Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. So Adam, remember when I told you that The Empire Strikes Back for the Atari 2600 was my favorite Star Wars game up until recently? I painfully remember, yes. You painfully remember. I still think it's an awesome game. I played it last night. But anyway, it was replaced in my heart as the very best Star Wars game by Star Wars Squadrons, which I know you've played and I know you really liked. Absolutely adore it. Yeah, so this game came out for the PC, Xbox, and PS4. It was made by Motive, who I believe are in Montreal. It was made for mm-hmm. EA. It was released in 2020, I think in like November or something like that. Yeah, you can get it on the Steam and Epic stores and the console stores. I don't think they released it as a hard copy for the consoles. I don't even know, to be honest. But it's certainly easy enough to get. It was kind of this budget title. It wasn't the full price because it's very limited. And what this is, is it's a Starfighter simulator. This is this is sort of the modern remake of X-Wing or TIE Fighter. Did you ever play those, like those old PC games? Yes, I did, actually. Which ones did you play? Uh, I believe we had X-Wing, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, mm-hmm. and uh, X-Wing Alliance. Okay, yeah. Because there was four of them. There was X-Wing, and then they added uh, a bunch of expansions, and then there was mm-hmm. TIE Fighter, then there was X-Wing versus TIE Fighter and then yeah. X-Wing Alliance or maybe those three the other way around. X-Wing Alliance essentially you got to play in the Millennium Falcon with the serial numbers filed down. Um, you, know, <laughs> you, you were you were like, I guess you were like a, a, a traitor family and you yeah. were you know, whatever. The Azimans, um, yes. <laughs> is that what that was? Okay. I don't think I ever actually played that one. That um, good. And those games in their day, like back in the 90s, the only Starfighter games, like the seriously good ones were the TIE Fighter and X-Wing games, and then the Wing Commander games, which did things very differently. You know, the the Wing Commander games, which we're going to do at some point, were very, you know, were much better looking and told a better story. But the X-Wing and TIE Fighter games, they were going for the recreation of flying an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter or whatever. And Star Wars Squadrons is that. It's the definitive experience. And, and, you, and in Battlefront, I think you can play in Starfighters and that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, but Battlefront nearly... had. No, it, it wasn't the same. They had their Starfighter Assault mode, and it was right. fun and it was arcadey. But like, if if that was going for arcadey, this is going for uh, immersion. Yeah, it's a little more simulation. Like, just, I mean, it's yeah. not like super complex, but yeah. just like in the original X Wing versus Tie Fighter, you can balance your power uh, between engines, shields, assuming you have them, and and weapons. And then, you know, you can sort of balance them and, and they, they make that easier complex in this game, however you want it. There's only three things you can do in this game. There's the single player campaign, which is okay. It's essentially a really long tutorial. Um, it's certainly pretty. Mm-hmm. And then it's really, but again, it's a tutorial for multiplayer. And multiplayer is either dogfighting, five versus five, or you get into these, what they call their signature mode, which is these fleet battles. And it feels a lot like the old Battlefield games where, or even, Jesus, League of Legends, where here each side has, like, its capital ship, 
which is either like a Mon Calamari cruiser or a Star Destroyer. And then in front of it are two frigates, mm -hmm. midway ships. Yep. And the idea is you have to knock out both of those midway ships before you can attack the Star, uh, the Star Destroyer or the Mon Calamari. And there's a back and forth and you know, smaller attack cruisers will sort of appear at various times. So your focus keeps changing and they'll tell you like, no, you can't attack the ship anymore. And literally you can't do damage to it anymore. Like yep. they, you don't have a choice and you can play it five versus five humans. You can play it five humans versus AI, or you can play it the way I play it, which is where everyone is AI because I don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as my kindergarten teacher would tell you, I don't work and play well with others. But this game, like it's you're in the cockpit. You can actually see your hands moving around, which is very yeah. cool. Did you ever try it in VR? I haven't. Uh, I had a plan of having a VR setup ready for this game actually to come out when when it was mm -hmm. first just sort of making its rounds in early 2000. I said, I'm I'm going to have uh, an Oculus Rift. I'm going to have it set up for this or an HTC Vive or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, then COVID happened. <laughs> and, yeah, that, uh, that was the end of that. Yeah. Yeah. That um, was no longer viable. And it's funny because I have a VR setup, but it's not uh, uh, HTC or one of those. It's uh, Riftcat. You ever mm. heard of these guys? Yeah, you've um, mentioned them. In the past. Yeah, they're amazing. Like, uh, it's you know what you need? You need a like Google Cardboard, which mm -hmm. is like just a cardboard thing you put over your face and you load a, a cell phone into it. Mm. You, I mean, you have to pay for the software, and it just the software uses a phone as your VR, and it works actually exceptionally well. Shockingly enough, as we've talked on this podcast many times about how I can't do first-person shooters, I played this game for about three hours yesterday, and I didn't feel the slightest bit of motion sickness. Maybe it's because I've got the cockpit in front of me. Yeah. So even though I don't have the true VR experience, though I, at some point I really got to try it, because I'd love to be able to look left and right, this game has a, an amazing sense of presence. By And by that I mean you really feel like you're in the cockpit. Like, you really, really do. Like they just—they got everything just right. The flight model is 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 fabulous. The sound design, obviously, it's all the Star Wars stuff. Like, I'm sure at this point there is like a digital audio archive that anyone working on a Star Wars game gets. Mm -hmm. Like you know, Lucas Art or Lucasfilm Games. Now they're back. They probably have this thing, and they just send it to you. But things like when, you know, when you're when your blaster bolts hit an enemy ship, obviously in real life, you wouldn't hear that because it's in space. But here there's this thump yeah. and it's really satisfying. And everything about this game looks gorgeous. And I'm playing it on minimum detail and it's still stunning. I can only imagine what it looks like on your rig. It looks good. <laughs> yeah, it's like ripping, you know, traveling along the, you know, sort of hugging the hull of a Star Destroyer as I just blast away and then pulling off at the last minute or dipping between the uh, sort of the bottom prongs of that Alliance cruiser, you know, the one that's shaped like a, like a C. I don't even know what those are called, but whatever. They're always uh, medical frigates in the, sh in the, in the movies. Yeah, um, they're, I think they're just referred to as medical frigates. Uh, yeah whatever they are but you know yeah. rip it in between that or or even just passing between like the tower and the main hall of a star destroyer where mm. it's like you know or in some of these you know there's there's asteroids and stuff like that and deking in and out of it it's 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 wild and it it handles beautifully and my understanding is that was a late modification like they tweaked the flight model at the last minute mm -hmm. but I mean, look, I, I, you played, I know, like 200 hours of Elite Dangerous, and I've tinkered around with uh, I've tinkered around with it for at least 10 minutes. And I have uh, Star Citizen that one day may even run properly for me. But I play this, and this to me is the perfect flight model. I love the way it handles. I adore it. I'm using a DualShock 4. 
Yeah. And I'm not sure what you're using. Are you using uh, like a big rig? Because I, I gave you that flight stick, I know. Yeah, I I just I've never I've never gotten to the chance where I could come pick up pick up that flight stick from you. But um, I oh, either do I still have it. Oh, geez. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you do. <laughs> we just oh. we never organize the time. Oh. Um, I've either played it on uh, mouse and keyboard, which I find works quite well. Really? Uh, yeah. I, or I I play it on an Xbox controller or a PlayStation oh. Four controller, DualShock Four. It's kind of a kind of a six to one. It's more how I'm feeling at the time. I I find that I get a lot more granular control out of the uh, the keyboard oh, um, of just a little bit more precision out of that but if i just kind of want to hang out and blow up ships in, in just some downtime then yeah I'll, mm -hmm. I'll absolutely grab the controller i can't recommend this game enough it feels so good and it looks good you, my only complaints are there's not a lot of it they put out this game and they made a point for the beginning there will be no dlc it's a mm -hmm. one and done but of course when enough people are waving cash in your face you're going to find something but these guys seem to have, like, Motive apparently has just moved on to something else. But in the meantime, they added, I think, two new maps, yep. arenas, whatever you want to call them. And look, these are these are maps from the single-player campaign. So you know they were, these are the ones that just didn't make the cut. And so they published without them in the, you know, in the multiplayer modes. And then said, okay, you know what, get it, clean it up, get it ready to go. Because this game is super popular. They added two ships. They added, well, the I guess, first off. Yeah, the B-Wing and then the TIE Defender, which is actually mm -hmm. from TIE, uh, TIE Fighter, the game from the 90s. Yep. In fact, that was the story of the game, which was you as a, an Imperial pilot pursuing a rogue admiral who was in charge of the TIE Defender project, which is just as like this really, it's a heavy fighter with a shield. Yep. On the Alliance side, you've got the X-Wing, the Y-Wing, the A-Wing, and that, what is it called, the U-Wing from Rogue One? Uh, yeah, the U-Wing. Yeah, and then they added the B-Wing. On the Imperial side, you got the TIE Fighter, the TIE Bomber, the TIE Interceptor, and the TIE Defender. And the Reaper. And the Reaper, which is also from Rogue One, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, that yeah. sounds right. And of course, they all have the roles. The, the, the X-Wing and the TIE Fighter are line fighters. You're sort of your generic infantry soldier. The Y-Wing and the TIE Bomber are, well, bombers. The A-Wing and the TIE Interceptor are interceptors. They're essentially really fast blasters made of tinfoil and, you know, uh, and string. Like, you wink at them and they explode. Uh, I, actually, that's what I thought I'd be playing a lot of because they see they appealed to me. Yeah. Uh, it turns out I just suck at this game too much. And <laughs> I was spending all of my time waiting waiting to redeploy. Right. Uh, you know, because you have to respawn and there's a wait. It's usually about 10 seconds and all that sort of stuff. So I found I'm just the X-Wing guy. And at some point, I really, really want to dive into uh, the TIE Defender because I love the look of that thing. Yeah, it's gorgeous. But this game is great. My only serious complaint about it, I mean, they, there were bugs and they fixed them, whatever, is that DualShock 4, there's no proper driver for the PC. Sony couldn't be bothered to make one, which is really dumb. This is the best controller out there, in my opinion. So you have to download this, this program called DS4 Windows, which convinces your PC that you've got an Xbox 360 controller hooked up. But the problem is then you get like Xbox controller inputs on your screen. So it's telling you to hit A and B. Well, you don't have an A and B on a DualShock. So you're having to do the translation in your head, which isn't a big deal, but it, it's a pain in the butt. And it's like every other game out there, whether you're talking about mega projects like Assassin's Creed or like low budget indie games, like No Straight Roads, which by the way is an amazing game out of Malaysia. They all have that, they all have this one option where you can just say, I want you to show me Xbox inputs or DualShock inputs. So when it tells you to hit a button, the image it shows you is from the controller you choose. 
And that's because the developers know a lot of people are using DualShock 4s. They're doing all sorts of different tricks to get the damn thing to work on a PC. So they just make it easy. Instead of hoping that the game recognizes the controller properly, which it never does, you just tell them what you want to see. And it's like, come on, Motive. Like, find some dude to sit down and include this feature, really. Yeah, That's my I only mean, complaint. <laughs> I think that this this is just a an absolute triumph of gaming. Oh, yeah. They did yeah. it right. My, they... my, yeah, my only complaint is it's pretty niggling little complaint. Like, who cares, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a problem for me. But yeah, this game is, you, you actually you got the word, you got it just right. It's a triumph. Yeah, it's a, it's a triumph of its own development. It is beautiful. It works perfectly. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Mm-hmm. And it's not trying to suck all my money away, which they could very easily do. Like with oh, yeah. the amount of different cosmetics that you can get in this game for your ship or for your pilots and all the customizations that you've got there, they could easily say a eh, dollar for this, dollar for that, and make a lot of money. I wonder if, to begin with, that was the case, and then the Battlefront 2 shit show mm-hmm. happened, and they said, okay, no. <laughs> yeah. Because when they I... announced this game out of the blue, they said right off the bat, everything in this game can be earned by playing the game. Yeah. And I respect that because, uh, you know, but at the same time, if they were to say, okay, every three months we're going to release a couple more maps and maybe we'll add another game mode, give us 10 bucks. I'd be shoveling 10 bucks at them every few months. Happily so. Me too. Um, and there are other, like, they, they could add things like, uh, you know, a 10 versus 10 instead of five versus five. They could add sure. new game modes. They could, you know, there's all sorts of cool things they could do. They could have an historical battle mode yeah. where you could play the the battle over Endor, or mm-hmm. you could play uh, the initial assault on, like, the trench run, the assault on the Death Star. You know, the Battle of Scarif. Oh my God, that would be something to That'd play. That'd be cool. And there's all these things, like, I would happily throw 15 bucks at the 10 15 bucks at these guys every few months to get more content i can only hope there's going to be a squadrons 2 yeah which will be a more expansive game where they don't even have to improve on the engine they could just take the engine and add more scenarios they, they could even do away with a campaign and i wouldn't care you know um, i mean i i like the campaign uh that's that's me coming at it as a giant star wars nerd it was yeah. really cool to be able to oh go talk to general Sindula. general Sindula. oh my god yeah i have no idea who that is so uh, <laughs> um but like main character from uh star wars rebels oh, okay uh, any, anyways but the that's beyond it there's lots of really really awesome little uh lore tidbits for um oh, yeah. star wars nerds like they mentioned alphabet squadron a couple of times uh wedge antilles shows up here and there uh, lots of that. Yeah. Yeah. lots of people from all over the star wars universe make their quick appearances and, and they go there's stuff that kind of teases towards uh content in other star wars games like uh pro- or the um I think it was operation inferno from the battlefront 2 campaign it's so wonderful like farron said go buy it oh if yeah you like star game, wars yeah. go buy it <laughs> Absolutely. If you like good flight sims and you like good starship sims, go buy it. Hang on, let me let me clarify that. If you like good starship sims that are dogfighting, go buy this. Yeah, starfighter stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, this is a great this is a great game. I cannot uh, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Like I played it and then I finished the campaign and I sort of moved on. And so the other day was the first time I picked it up in you know months. And I'm right back into it, and I suck mm-hmm. still, but it's like, oh, I want to play more, more, more. Like, I'm probably going to play again tonight, and it's going to go back into regular rotation with me, because it's just so much fun. Yes. Uh, and, and they just, they did a, Motive did a fabulous job. So, yeah. So, there it is. There it is. 
Hey, Farron. Mm-hmm. Do you like amazing Starfighter games? Funny you should mention it, but yes, Adam, I do. Do you love the feeling of blowing up enemy ships as you strive towards a main goal at the end of a end of a hard-fought starship campaign? Sure. All right, then let's go into the most high-fidelity, in-depth starship <laughs> sim out there, Star Fox 64. So much prettier <laughs> than Squadrons, man. Oh, so much prettier. Beautiful. There's no <laughs> angles in this game whatsoever. Everything is round. Yep, yep. <laughs> All right. So Star Fox 64 was originally released in North America on June 30th, 1997. I was five. Um, this was published and developed by Nintendo. No surprise there. This was one of their first party titles that they actually felt really, really proud of when they uh, when they sent this out. Uh, so this came out on the N64. It was ported to the Wii, to the Wii U. And really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And one more, the IQ player, which what? I don't think many people have heard of. And actually, I was not familiar with it until I was doing up my notes for this. Episode. What is it? So it's uh, spelled IQUE player. It was developed between Nintendo and a Chinese American scientist, Wei Yen, after China oh had aims of banning video games. And it is this sort of like, it's a combination between like a Dreamcast controller and an yeah. N64 controller. But it's also and, the console itself, isn't it? Yeah. I recognize this thing. It's the, wow, that's not ugly. That's fuck ugly. Wow. That's, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I remember this. I remember this now. Okay. Yeah. So terrifyingly <laughs> ugly, like the whole thing later just got absorbed by Nintendo. And it's just sort of, it's one of those things that just gets swept under the rug and forgotten, like the N64 disk drive. Yeah, it's, it's, it's as ugly as as the game we're talking about, actually. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, so uh, Star Fox 64, actually the third Star Fox game. Uh, so the timeline on this one is a little bit fun. So you had Star Fox 1 on the Super Nintendo. Yep. You had Star Fox 2 that was supposed to get released on the Super Nintendo, but never was. Right. It was, and they released that with the they released that with the Super Nintendo Mini thing, didn't they? They did. It was right. fully released on the Super NES Classic Edition back in 2017. Uh, it was the game was done. It was completed except for a few bug problems, and it got scrapped at the time back in 95, 94, whatever that would have been. Mm. And so, Star Fox 2, the original Star Fox 2, is actually the most recent release in the Star Fox series. Yeah. And By a matter of decades. Era. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Star Fox 64 uh, was produced and designed specifically by Shigeru Miyamoto, one of the great minds of the of the entire gaming genre. Mario, uh, Zelda, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you, if you can think of a big Nintendo project, he's been attached to it. Uh, this thing sold over 4 million copies and became the ninth best-selling game on the platform. Wow. Uh, at the time of release, scores for this thing ranged anywhere from 83 to 100. And, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, actually in PAL territories, so um, most of Europe, this was actually rebranded to Lilith Wars because it sounded too much like a German company named Star Vox with a V. Okay. And they wanted to avoid copyright infringement. That's okay. That's a little different, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, huh. So okay. let's let's tie into this thing, Farron. Tell me, tell me about your experience with Star Fox 64. Okay, so... I also went and played, just to give you a little bit of background, I played on the original SNES. I played Star Fox. Okay. Uh, I never owned one, but a friend went away for the summer. He left me his uh, console. It had Mario. It had uh, A Link to the Past, and it had this. And I really liked it. I had fond memories of how good it looked and how much fun it was to play. <laughs> and after playing Star Fox 64, I went back to the original one. And unfortunately, 
they look like garbage. <laughs> I'm not sure it's the ugliest game I've ever seen, but Star Fox 64 has to be in the top 10 or bottom 10 of ugly games I have seen. Probably right up there with Extreme Paintball, which is a story all unto <laughs> itself. It's like the lowest rated game of all time. Right. Uh, you know, I played around with it. I had to use a, a GameCube controller because my okay. USB N64 controller has issues, whatever. Um, so I was playing it, you know, with, with a console controller. And uh, I mean, it's it's fun, but it's so ugly, it's hard to get over. Like, this really? is the problem with the N64. Remember, as we talked about this when we did Mario 64, and what an amazing job they did and just how good it looks. And even though it's, you know, it's all polygons, Mario 64 looks beautiful. I kind of wish they'd put that polish into this one because this game looks like crap. I was also weirded out because the actor, like all the characters had voices as opposed to going oh, yeah, like yeah. they did in the real. So that was a little off-putting. It was fun to play. I, I don't even know how far I got. It had all the pleasing things. You know, Good luck. I was, yeah. was kind of pleasing as a memory. But as I'm playing this and I'm having a lot of fun, I'm going, this game looks like ass. It was just terrible. <laughs> But it was a good game. Like it's proof that graphics aren't everything. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't disagree that it's definitely not a great looking game, but I, I do still enjoy how this, I let me, let me rephrase that. I don't mind how this game looks. It is yeah. definitely dated. It is angular and definitely janky looking, but I don't think that it's anywhere near the bottom 10 of ugliest video games I've ever seen in my you life. You know what? N64 games are very much nostalgia games. Mm -hmm. You grew up with an N64. Yes. To me, N64 was my fourth generation of console. Atari, right. NES, SNES, N64. And it was in that time period where everyone wanted to be 3D and use polygons, like the original mm -hmm. Tomb Raider and all that sort of stuff. And these games all look awful. Yep. Because they didn't have the artistry of the SNES era Um or the fidelity of the GameCube, PS2, that sort of era. It's just this in-between where everything looked like garbage. It's sort of like uh, computer effects from the late 80s, early 90s. Totally. You look at those in the movies, you go, oh, God, no. But, um, yeah, it's it's that visual style of first-gen 3D models. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's terrible. We can all admit that it looks terrible, but it's it's the, the way that it's used to look terrible mm -hmm. that, I don't know, it, it's just got a certain aesthetic that i don't mind i can recognize that it looks bad but i don't yeah. think it's uh it's terrible yeah that but you know those aside the 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 sound effects are great the music yeah. is really good there's a story kind of sort of it was fun to play i enjoyed my hour with the game uh actually i'm close to around 45 minutes but then i went on mm. to the, the snes version played around with that That's and fair. it's you know this is at a time when there weren't a lot of space flight fire games for consoles it was hard to do like there was wing commander they did put out wing commander for i think it was the snes right. and you know we just finished talking about squadrons and how and how amazing the flight model is this ain't that no no but they did a pretty good job all things considered i enjoyed my time with it i have no complaints yeah the the way that this game handles if you've never played a star fox game um for the most part it is sort of an on-rail shooter effectively you can move yeah. your uh move your ship around the screen and you aim at different things but for the most part you are taken through a level on rails occasionally there's points in the game where you can sort of have an arena fight and you're in all range mode which was yeah. actually pioneered in Star Fox 2 <laughs> was okay. the first place where we were going to see that and then it got scratched anyways lots of different decisions there it's got a surprisingly branching 
uh, narrative that you can take mm -hmm. as well, where you, uh, if you do harder objectives, you get a certain number of kills in a map, or you do very specific things, you wind up meeting different characters, you go to different planets, you can wind up in a submarine, you can find yourself on a on the surface of a sun, uh, in a tank, riding along a rail depot as you're fighting against a train. Uh, all to all to thwart your uh, nemesis uh, <laughs> wolf of uh, the star wolf squadron of course <laughs> yes and uh is everyone here's an animal a yes chicken every... or a frog or a fox yeah every every character is is some kind of an animal you've got your protagonist fox mcleod who is unsurprisingly a chicken um is of course Yes, uh, you've got Peppy Hair, uh, Slippy Toad, uh, Falco Lombardi, who is the only one who doesn't have his name directly in the title. Uh, <laughs> um, Pigma, uh, I can't remember the name of the other ones, but it doesn't matter. You are you are trying to save uh, the Lilat system from the evil of Andros, who is far away on planet. What the hell is the name of the planet? Andros? Was it Andros? I think I it was know. Planet Andros. I, I didn't wind up going all the way back through it. Um, I played my hour and, and fiddled around with it and had my yeah. fun. But honestly, this game, it's its just that. It's something that you can load up and just have a good time with. It's like, if you beat it, congratulations. Now go beat it again. There's, there's, no, yeah. there's no long narrative. There's not really saves in this game. You just kind of have to sit down and do it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's one of those games, if you had it on a virtual console, if you wanted your kid to play it just so they could see, you know, in my day, this is what yeah. we had or whatever, you know, spend the five or 10 bucks or whatever it's going to cost you. But if, if there's no nostalgia for you, I don't think there's, there's anything there to play. It's not like playing the original Legend of Zelda, which is a fun game in its own right or something mm. like that. Like, this is the sort of game where if you just want a Starfighter you know, game. There are plenty of games out there for whatever system you want. There's, I think it's called Starlink, was a thing for a while. That was one of the toys. It sort of came and went really quickly. They this was back at the very, the tail end of the Disney Infinity sort of deal. Okay. Where you, yeah, and it and it it looks it, frankly it looked like Ubisoft's attempt to replicate Star Fox. Yeah, that's so, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So there's other stuff out there, but this game is if you're a Nintendo fan, this is something you're gonna want to you're gonna want to try. Definitely. And uh, yeah. sorry, Planet Venom was what I was looking for. <laughs> Planet Venom. Oh, yes. Okay. That's, very uh, subtle. It's very subtle. I know, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's just there's a lot to this game if you're a fan of uh, Nintendo historically for the games that they've put out. Or if you just kind of want to maybe see where we've come from with some of the more modern Star Fox games. Mm -hmm. I, I still think that this game is excellent. I can always go back and play this. And I can sink an hour or two into it and be be perfectly happy with it because it does what it's supposed to do. You you fly, you shoot things, you do barrel rolls, and uh, you you blow up a giant space monkey at the end. And Actually. I'm not kidding. That is that is <laughs> that is the end boss. Is the giant space monkey's face? As of course it is. Because are they making it... another one? Are like is Nintendo talked about reviving it? Because at this point, Star Fox 64 is is it's from another century. Yeah, well, I mean, there was Star Fox Assault on the GameCube. There was Star Fox Adventures oh, okay. on the GameCube. And then there was also Star Fox... I think it was just Star Fox? Star Fox Z, maybe? On, uh, on I believe, the Wii U. So there... Oh, okay. So there have been more modern versions of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, oh, okay. there have definitely been more modern versions. But um, 
this is this is the one that I come back to. When I was growing up, I didn't didn't have a, a GameCube myself. I had step siblings that had a GameCube, so I could play around with it once in a while, but that was about it. Um, but yeah, this was this was the last Star Fox game that I really heavily played. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 weird, but it's uh, you know it's a bit of nostalgia, and I absolutely appreciate for a certain generation why this game is meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's put the bow on it. Farron, do you think you're going to go back and, and play this past the hour? Never again. Never again. I <laughs> Never think. again. And I will I will continue to play it on and off uh, for the rest of my life until uh, until I get to the point where I can no longer find my N64 controller due to old age. Oh, well, there you go. There we go. There it is. And there it is.